to him. Lord, we lift him to you. And have mercy, O Lord, on our nation, as that it's a wicked nation in so many ways, God. Uh, uh, may the power of your Holy Spirit uh, move in our midst in these, these last days. And thank you, Father, again, for your word as we look into it now. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have your Bibles open to the book of Romans, and uh, we will uh, hopefully finish up. We will finish up the uh, Romans 8, and uh, I will not have much review this morning, just so we can finish it, but uh, in chapter 8, Paul is, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, tells us that we can be certain of our salvation. There are reasons given why we can be certain and know uh, that we're his children. And we found great comfort in the fact that God foreknew us. He set his affection on us. He predestined us. He called us. He justified us. And he will also glorify us. What he starts, he finishes. He doesn't, like a cat, play with mice and bat them around. What he goes after, he gets. And we can be thankful for that. And uh, uh, that's a, a wonderful comfort that we can, uh, we can have. And the scripture tells us that as well. Uh, if I can get it, yeah, Philippians 1.6. Paul says he's confident, confident of this very thing, that he, that is God, who began a good work in you, will perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He will, he will start what he finishes. And we can be confident of that. And we will, uh, as we have seen in this chapter, the stress is what God did. It's what God is doing. God, God, God is the one who is in control. And we have great peace in knowing that, uh, that uh, he saves a person. Not, uh, not God plus me saved myself. God saves me. And uh, we'll see that in Romans uh, 9. And, uh, but there's great comfort to be found in that. There's great comfort, and let it, let it comfort you. Don't get mad, don't get upset, but just know, God has me, thank you, Lord. I don't have to hold on to myself, you've got me. I've entrusted myself to you, and you, your promise says you'll never let me go. Amen. And so, look at it that way. Uh, don't let the, Satan put all these uh, wicked thoughts in your mind. And, uh, but the last reason given that we started last week is... Uh, the, the reason we'll make it to the end is because of his love for us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves me. This unconditional love. And Paul challenges us uh, to come up with answers to these questions that he gives. And remember we started that last week uh, in uh, Romans 8. These, these particular questions. The first one, if I can find uh, Romans here. Romans 8 and verse 31. What was the uh, first question he says here? Uh, If God is for us, who is against us? And we talked about that. And he is for us. We talked about that. God, and we sang a song. He is for us. Remember, can you say, God is for me? Repeat that. God is for me. See, God is for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> if that doesn't excite you, uh, do something else. I mean, 
But it ought to. It ought to just thrill us that God is for me. Believe it because it's true. If, you have, if you're trusting Christ, is, if He is your only hope, uh, in, uh, uh, He is your Lord and Savior and, and God, and you worshiping Him, and He is uh, for me. And next, in verse 32, uh, we, we find the next question was, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us, all will he not also with him freely give us all things, he says. And the, and the answer is yes, he will. If, not, if God has done the greatest, which was not sparing his son, but delivering him up on a cross, dying for us, then if he's done the greatest thing, he's going to do the rest of them. All the, all the blessings, all the blessings that come uh, uh, with Christ are ours. And, and we can... We can find great hope in that. Uh, all the blessings are by grace and come uh, to us. I think I have a verse. James 1.17, every good thing given. And notice it's given, it's a gift. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He loves us. He loves us. The next question that we want to take up this morning is is found also in verse or is found in verse thirty three. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. He takes this uh, one of the most comforting questions that we find in all of Scripture is uh, found here. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? And of course, the answer is no one. No one can. Uh, uh, it means who can come up or come as an accuser against us? Who can summon us before the bar of justice is what he's saying. The basis of your security is what God has done. It is not what you have done. Did you know that? Titus 3, 5, and 6, he saved us. Notice, who saved us? He saved us. Didn't save ourselves. He saved us. Give him all the glory. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He gets all the glory. And uh, my salvation must be based on what he has done. And uh, like I said last week, sometimes I, I search for my love for him and I can't find it. It's so weak. Something's happened to make me upset. Uh, I start questioning him and then I am thankful that he loves me. Amen. That he's keeping me because if it was up to me, I'd, 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 uh, uh, I'd, I'd abandon him and I do at times, but he never abandons me. And thank God for that. Uh, and so, we need to, what do we find in Hebrews 12? It says, fixing our eyes on ourselves. Is that what it says? No. <laughs> on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him 
who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If you're growing weary and losing heart, you probably have your focus on yourself and what you're doing and how well you're doing it and and trying to measure up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And if you do that, you're going to become weary and well-doing. But if you fix your eyes on Jesus, who's accomplished it all and he's finished, it's, it's a done deal. Hallelujah. <laughs> the, the inheritance is ours already. We're already glorified. Because you see, it, that, that bridge is complete. He set his affection on us. He foreknew us, set his affection, and it goes all the way to glorification. And you can't find one lost. It's all past tense, it says. It's past tense. It's, it's, it's complete. And again, this is for our comfort. Why? Why? Because it is God, he, he says, who justifies. God is the one who uh, declares righteous. You know, at the judgment, God, if God says to you, you are justified, who in the universe could condemn you? That's in verse 34. If God says you're justified, who in the universe can say you're condemned? No one. Absolutely no one, it says. Satan can't. Other men can't. And your own conscience shouldn't. And it does a lot of times accuse us, does it not? When we fall, we fail, and we are down in the dumps, our conscience will uh, accuse us. But we shouldn't let it do that. You know, when, I've, I've said before, when Satan comes along and whispers in your ear that, uh, Sid, you're so wicked, you're such a hypocrite, and uh, what do you do at that point? You say, you're right, Satan, I am. But you know what? You don't know all my thoughts. I'm even worse than you, th- you think I am. <laughs> it, because it's true. You see, it's true. But he'll come and accuse us and he'll tell us you're so wicked you'll never uh, make it based on your life. And that's true. We will never make it based on our performance. No matter how good our performance is, we have to be perfect to get to heaven. And our only hope is the righteousness of Christ. And his righteousness is perfect. I am perfect because... I have his righteousness. God has declared me righteous by faith in him and him alone. Hallelujah. If that doesn't excite you, do something else. Find something else because you're wasting your time. Because if you're coming to church to be saved, you're coming for the wrong reasons. If you can't get excited about the gospel, find something that does excite you. I mean, I don't want you to do that. And I'm... (laughs) But uh, no, it's, it's, we come because we love him. We love his word. We, we love Jesus. And uh, uh, this is for us. God declares me righteous. Why does he declare me righteous? We find it here in verse 34. It says what? In verse 34. He, it, Jesus is he who died, Paul says. It is Jesus who died For me, voluntarily, he took my place. He was my substitute. 
he died in place of me so I don't have to die. Of course, this is spiritual death. Spiritual death, eternal death, condemnation we're talking about here. He died for me. He was my substitute. It's like in a basketball game. When somebody comes out, another guy goes in unless everybody's fouled out. But no, he, he's my substitute. He really is my substitute. It's not, a, it's not a possibility that he might be. No, he is. He was. Believe it. It's true about you. He's your substitute. This is not a hypothetical possibility if I get it all right. No, he got it all right. You see? It's, a, it's, it's over. It's complete. I don't have to do a thing. Wow. What a, what a, uh, he paid it all. The Father accepted the work Jesus did. He accepted the work that Jesus did. The total penalty of my sin has been paid for. Do you realize that? John 10, 11, and 27 through... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In other words, he died for the sheep. That's what a shepherd does. He doesn't die for the wolves that come around. He dies for the sheep. And he died for me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them. And they will never, never, never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. You see. He's paid for it. Satan is defeated. And we see also the third thing about Christ. He's at the right hand of God in verse 34. The place of supreme authority. And he has the power to save me. He's at the right hand of God. In place of authority. Jesus has the power. And the fact that he is there guarantees that someday I will be there also. Ephesians 2.6 He raised... Uh, us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places. We are seated already with Him in God's mind, already in heavenly places with Him. Seated, past tense. And seated us. We're there. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know, it's not, boy, if I can just work hard enough and make God happy enough and, and do all this stuff, go to church a lot and no, it's, I'm already seated there. If you're his child this morning, if you're trusting Jesus, you're there. Praise God. <laughs> That's the gospel. That's why it's so good. It's not good if I have to do something or keep something. or No, he's done it all. That's the gospel. There's power in the gospel, Paul says. It'll change your life if you believe it. It'll change your life. You'll start loving people you don't like. I I see everybody else has experienced that too. (laughs) It takes the gospel, brother. It takes the gospel. Because sometimes people, you just want to say, pow, you know. (laughs) And I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about other Christians. Do you not? I mean, I, I anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> oh, God is, God is good. You know, his, his 
the fourth thing is, uh, is that Christ makes intercession for us. It says it right here, Paul says. He makes intercession. His sacrifice is eternally efficacious. Ten million, billion, trillion years from now. Of course, it won't be time, but I just say that. <laughs> but, but that far from now, His sacrifice will be valid to keep me saved. He won't say 10 billion trillion years from now. You know, I've changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I've changed my mind, you know, forget it all. No. This is a promise from our Heavenly Father, our Abba, Daddy Father who loves us. Now, I don't understand that. Why He ever saved a wretch like me is beyond belief. When I look in my own life and the way I treated people, and even the way I treat people today, in, in, in thought, word, and deed, sometimes I think, God, how would you, how do you, you know, why, why do you keep me? Why don't you just throw me away? But He doesn't. He loves me. And he cares for me. And He prays for me constantly. He prays for me constantly. John 17, 9 through 11. Jesus said, I ask on their behalf, I do not ask on the behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me. For they are yours, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them. Jesus prays, keep them. Does the Father answer the Son's prayers? So this is not, you know, if if you want to, Father, keep them. No. Keep them. Because He knows He will. That's His desire. He and the Father are one. Keep them. Keep them. Keep them. Wow. Keep them. In Your name. The name which You have given Me that they may be one even as we are. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me. And this he talks about those who would be one to Christ through his apostles, through his disciples. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world, and now you love them. See, that's what he's saying. You love me before the foundation. I've laid down my life for them. I've paid for them. And now you love them like you love me. See, if you're in Christ, you're loved by the Father. You mean I can rest in Jesus? Yes, you can. You can find peace. That's why Jesus said, you who are weary and heavy laden, what did he say? Come and find rest. Rest. Have you ever had real rest before? There's nothing like real rest. I, I mean, I, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. But we can find rest, peace, joy in Jesus because He's all we need. He keeps them and He com- com- continually prays for us. But Jesus, on the hand, because He continues forever, holds the, His priesthood, priesthood permanently, verse 25, therefore He is able also to save for how long? Those who draw near to God through Him. 
Since he, what? Lives to make intercession for them. He's beside the Father praying for you continually. Isn't that an incredible, incredible thing? Somebody said, and this is, and and he's not being uh, irreverent here, but he said, "If if God had a boat, your name would be on the back of it. That's pretty good. I mean, you know, I don't, uh, you know. <laughs> but, he, but he loves me that much that my name is written on his hands. Amen. He knows me, not just, you know, like he knows you know, everything in the No, he knows me, he knows you and everything about you. This we can become excited about. Wow. He continually prays for me. He knows and cares for everything. Then the last question. The last question in verse 35. Who will separate us? In other words, come up with an answer. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? That's what Paul's saying. Just come, come on. Somebody give me an answer. Who, you know, who's going to separate you from the love? Somebody come on. Come, you know. What is he saying? Nothing. Nothing. No one. Nothing. It's, what he, it's not possible, he said. It is not possible. And yet in Romans 9, we're going to see, even Paul says, if it were possible, I'd even give my life for my countrymen, my soul. I would die and go to hell for them. What love that? Well, that's next week. But uh, how he loved the, the lost. Notice here, it is Christ's love for us talked about here. It is Christ's love for us, not our love for him so much. Because our love for him is up and down, cold and hot. I think that in the context, it is Christ's love for me. It is his love for me. We see that again in verse 37, uh, do we not, of, of Romans 8, when he says, But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. You don't conquer through yourself who loves him. You're a conqueror through him who loved us. That's why you conquer. That's why Paul says, I am confident that he who begins the good work will bring it to completion. He will perfect it. See, he gets all the glory. No, we, we like to, oh no, God, you know, I've got to, you've done 99.99999, but I've got to do that point nine nine you know, 1% or whatever. No. If, you, if it was up to you in any way, you'd be lost. Amen. It's grace. That's what grace is. It's unmerited favor. You can't brag. You can't boast. It's like the, the song that they sang. Wow. He loved me. Vile, wicked me when I was his enemy. When I was shaking my fist in his face. And I did. I shook my fist in his face. He loved me, and now I love him because he loved me. Wow, what, what a... 1 John four eighteen and 19. There is no fear in love, you know, uh, but perfect love cast out. Now, that's not my perfect love for him. Amen. That's his perfect love for me. When I understand how perfect that love is for me, it will cast out all fear in my life because... What does he say? Punishment? Because fear involves punishment. Say, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
as he says in Romans 8.1. There's no pun- it, it involves punishment. There's no punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. In other words, if you're fearing, something's wrong somewhere. You know, you need to, you need to believe more. You need to understand more. You need to embrace it more. You need to, to uh, be, well, uh, <laughs> we love, Why? We love him because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. The fact that you love him shows that he loves you. You don't have to want, you know, I love God. Well, that's because he loves you. It's not, you know, I love him. I hope he loves me. No. You wouldn't love him if he didn't first love you. If he he did not first set his affection on you, you wouldn't love him. Now, it's not that there's not a struggle there, and at times, you know, we, we wander and we question him, we doubt, and they're fi- I'm not saying that, but we love him. Boy, when I look back in my life and I start adding up everything God has done for me and putting it all together, and boy, I, I mean, I, ugh, I kicked against the pricks. And had he, he pursued me, set his affection on me. Even with all my mistakes and my wickedness and, and, and all. Yeah. Wow. What a God. What a wonderful God we have. It's an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. See, he's drawn you with loving kindness. That's why he drew you. Now, why he, like I said, why he loved me, I, I can't give you an answer. I, I just can't. You know, uh, think about this. You know, have you, have you ever said, how could that person or how could that girl love such a guy like that? Or how, such, how could such a guy love that girl? You know, I mean, I, I've said that and... Uh, but, you know, I really believe if you really love someone, you feel unworthy of that person. Have you ever thought about that? I feel unworthy. And I, this is true. Now, I feel unworthy of Janine. And most of you say, there wasn't any argument there. <laughs> you know, I got a prize. I got a jewel. And I feel unworthy. See, that's real love. But you know what I can't understand? That it's even more amazing than that. Is God would love me. Why would God save me? Wow, I feel so unworthy of that love. I really do. I just feel so unworthy. And yet, why does he love me? Because he loves me. That's it. Why does he love me? Because he loves me. Nothing in me, nothing about me. He just loves me. Wow, think of that. Let it sink in, as I said last week. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. There's nothing in me to attract him. And I felt that way. There was nothing in me. I mean, when I, when I heard her sing... I went, oh my God, there's an angel. When I heard her play, and then she made me a, I mean, everything. 
It was just like, God, you're so gracious. Amen. You're just so gracious. I'm, such, I'm so unworthy. Now, it doesn't mean that we haven't had our spats and our battles. And, okay? I'm not... I'm not uh, but, but that's the truth. But I, I feel so unworthy of God's love. And then he says... Lastly, he says, now Paul says, what won't separate? He goes through this long list. Well, persecution, is that going to separate me? No. Not if you're really his child. When persecution comes, uh, and it will, it will work in your life. Good things. You may not understand them now, but persecution, when it comes, if you're a real believer... It will move you closer to Him as you, as you go through that. What about famine? Will that separate me? No, He says, never. And we say, hunger? How would hunger? Could hunger separate me from God? Somebody got so hungry one time they sold their birthright. You say, I'd never get that hungry. But even being that hungry won't separate us. That's what he says. He says the sword won't. One method of of being put to death. Those Christians who were fed to lions. Naked as we talked about last week. That will not separate them. And then he, he quotes from Psalm 422. Which has been a pattern of God's people. Uh, all along to be persecuted. He says, just as it is written, verse 36, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That's how the world thinks about you, as nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. That's what, that's what you're considered by the world. But that won't separate you. That's not going to separate you. We're more, he says in verse 37, more than conquerors, we're super conquerors through Christ because of his dying for us. How are we more than conquerors? He tells us here, through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. And then he says, finally I am persuaded in verse 38. He says that death is, won't separate us, even as, a, as big a monster as death is. It's the king of terrors, somebody said. The arch foe of man, man's enemy. But God has taken the sting out of death. How do I know that? It's what Paul says. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through all of our hard work and, and all that we do in life. We get the No, it's through Jesus Christ, our Amen. Lord. He gets all the glory and all the praise. Just give it to Him. Have you ever done that? We need to if you haven't. Someone said, death becomes the servant, the servant of God to carry us to Him. I love that. Death becomes a servant of God to carry us to Him. And He says, nor life, 
Things in life won't separate us. Angels, principalities, things present, things to, nothing, none of that, neither height nor depth, none of that, he says. He covers everything possible, nothing. No created thing, no creature, he says, can separate you from God. Is it possible for a person who has been born again to never see Christ? Is that possible? Absolutely not. And we find plenty of evidence of that. Jude 1. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are the called, beloved, in an interesting, see, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. What did Jesus pray? Keep them. Keep them. We're told here, kept for Jesus Christ. Now to Him who is able to what? keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy. Do we praise him, people? Do we praise him? Do we give thanks to him? He, he deserves all our praise. 1 Peter, 3, 5, 3, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy has He has caused us to be born again, God did, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is what? Imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God and the, the King James, which I like even better when it says here, we're kept by the power of God. See, you're kept by the power of God. You don't keep yourself saved. You can't. You're kept by the power of God through faith, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Again, he gets all the praise and all the glory. You know, we, we, we've talked about this, and I'll finish. We, we, the, the love of God for us. The love of God for us. That He died for us. That He was raised for, for us. He intercedes. For, he's doing this all for us. You, I mean, let that sink in deep. Just let that just permeate your, your mind and your heart. And it may bring you to tears. You may, you, and not here, but at home, sometime in the quiet, just go back and meditate. Meditate on what Christ has done for you. And you know the amazing thing is, is that we can love him back. Amen. Heard, I read an illustration. It was pretty simple, but it was true. A mother walked in and her daughter, a little child in the corner, is playing with her, her, her doll. And she's dressing it. She's just standing back watching it. And then uh, she picks it up and hugs it, and then she puts it in the cradle, and, and then the little girl turns up and sees her mother. And she runs over there, and she just wraps her arms around her mother. And her mother says, well, well, Cindy, do you love your little doll? Not really, because it doesn't love me back. But you do, Mama. Amen. But you love me back. Say, we can love him back. All that He has done for us. We can commune commune with Him. We can talk to Him. 
We can know his presence, his spirit abides with us. Are we really doing that? Are we abiding in Christ? Are you abiding in him? Ask yourself that. Do you really love him for what he has done for me? Wow, what amazing grace. What amazing grace. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we, I, I feel, Lord, I just fall short. Uh, when, I, when I try to describe your love uh, for us. Lord, because no sermon can do justice to the great truth that's found here in your word. That your love is an everlasting love from eternity to eternity. I can't even comprehend such love. But Lord, help me. Help me, Father, to love you back. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Lord, help me to love you the way I should love you, in spirit and in truth. Work powerfully in my heart, O God, in each of our hearts. May that be our prayer this morning, that we would just fall in love with our wonderful Lord and Savior who died, was buried, was crucified, was buried, and then rose for our justification. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.